Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR to get DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering, hopefully life altering from your probably current state of mind, Strava. Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am currently sitting outside of Coors Field and speaking to you live if you're joining us here on the Periscope YouTube or Facebook chat. Of course, with me as always is our beat writer. Patrick Lyons, and we've got to discuss a Devadego Padres and of course closer Wade Davis. Uh, really being at the heart and center of this one. John Gray pitched well. The offense played well. The defense was mostly good. There were a couple little mistakes that looked like it might cost them, but ultimately uh, this one comes down to Wade Davis giving up a pair of home runs in the ninth, uh, four runs there. Uh, Just absolutely brutal ninth inning for Wade Davis, who we know, of course, had a nightmare at Coors all year long. Yeah, this was uh, a heartbreaker, and uh, and that's what we're calling this episode is Wade Davis is the heartbreak kid because he just can't seem to get it done against the Padres. He had a you know a close call in, in Texas for that first save. The second one looked a lot better, but ultimately he uh, he just doesn't seem to have it, and he's gonna have to get it back very quickly. Uh, he's got probably two more opportunities to maybe do something if he's good his next one okay great he'll get a second one but after that i mean fool me twice this year at least uh shame on me and i don't think bud black can afford to do that in this short season once scott oberg is healthy that move will happen and even if he's not healthy jairo diaz will eventually be that guy yeah and you know with oberg coming back eventually too this obviously a night when the Rockies missed Oberg even the way like man Patrick even the way they turned and handed the ball to Tyler Kinley and it was immediately better results everything was sharper he got a quick strikeout and you just went if you'd have done that at any point even before the second home run with the way the Rockies rallied there in the bottom of the ninth you feel like they've got a chance to win this one and, and we saw it after the game or, or I did and, and heard it some more as well with Bud Black um not fully committing to moving on from Wade Davis as a closer, even still, I do think you're right that it's it's going to be a very short leash, but they obviously have more faith in him than any of us do. And and I, I've understood to some degree why that had been the case and coming into the year, there were some positive signs, but dude, that, that fastball to Fernando Tatis Jr., that's, that's 92 right over the, the heart of the plate at the belt. That's a pitcher looking to to take yard every time. And then he almost walked the bases loaded. Rather than walk the bases loaded, though, he gave up the three-run jack instead. And so you're seeing the things that that led to the failures of seasons past. It's not just, hey, it happened, that was bad, maybe it won't next time. It's the same bad process leading to the same bad results. And we've talked about it in the past, this idea that whoever your closer is doesn't even have to be your best reliever. Yeah, there's there's a skill to certainly get those final outs, and uh, we know guys who can do it. Other guys, a little bit more questionable, of course. Um, but some of those bigger innings come in the seventh or eighth, and if, if those are the biggest outs, 
you don't necessarily need to use Scott Oberg, you know, waiting just for the ninth inning if the biggest out is in the seventh or in the eighth inning. But that being said, if your guy in the ninth is not getting the job done, then you need to find a new spot for him in that bullpen somewhere, possibly, potentially, but you just can't keep running him out there. And the leash is going to be incredibly short, to say the least. Yeah, I, I see some people asking about like trades and stuff like that, Henry. Uh, you're not getting anything. You, there's no trading Wade Davis at this point. Your options are play him sometimes or cut him. And I, and I said this on... Uh, Twitter tonight. I don't believe that you have to cut Wade Davis, and that's probably an un, uh, an unpopular opinion right now. A lot of people, most Rockies fans, would just feel much better if he was not on the roster anymore, and I get that. But there are three guys in this bullpen who haven't even pitched yet. You don't need to remove him from your club. You can pitch him in fifth and sixth innings, or when games are more in hand or well out of hand. There's still. Uh, a role for this guy on the team, and there's not necessarily somebody else in the organization who absolutely demands that they have that roster spot right now. Jesus Tinoco is the only guy I could think of who's maybe pushing that issue at all. Beyond that, no, he can be on the roster. He just can't close ball games anymore. That, and, and he definitely can't close ball games at Coors Field. We've seen, we have enough data here. We, we've got the data on that one, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's nobody competent that would take his spot in the bullpen. And again, we're saying in his spot in the bullpen as a guy who's pitching the fifth or sixth inning, just just setting up right in, in lower leverage situations. Because I think Wade Davis still has you know a lot of value to the team. Ha- he has little to no value on any other team, partially because of what None. his contract looks like. Now, granted, he's not going to be making. You know, $15 million this year because of the shortened season, but still the other teams that are in operation, they don't even want to pay that prorated salary. So the Rockies would still end up having to pay down most, if not all, and they wouldn't get back really anybody of any value. And most teams are savvy enough to just say, we'll wait, we'll wait for you to cut him. And then we just get to pay him the league minimum. Or really at this point with how they've organized all of these uh, payment schedules and things of that nature, they might not even have to pay him at all because players that are getting league minimum right now aren't actually even receiving a paycheck. They've already been paid in April and May. Right. And and that could be the silver lining if people are looking at the long term here. There were some questions recently. I was talking to people on Twitter about his option vesting and him having to finish 11 games. And, you know, the, the worst case scenario there for the Rockies would have been for him to kind of slog through the, those 11 games, not look good, but get them done, and then really turn into it. He's doing it now before he hits that threshold so the Rockies can, at the very least, not have this problem go down the road. And there will be no case for the union to make when the guy has given up two home runs an inning and walking over six batters per nine. The, the union doesn't have a leg to stand on and say, oh, you only cut him so you didn't have to pay him. Like, no, dude, they cut him because he was bad. And, and that's just part of what happens. But, yeah, Patrick, it is like I said on Twitter, right, the, the good news is, the Rockies played incredibly well, except for one guy. And the bad news is the Rockies played incredibly well, except for one guy. And that, that, that one guy is what ended up costing them the game. I will also say, though, this is the first time all season and, and really the first time in a while that I've felt like Bud Black made some highly questionable decisions, both 
leaving Wade Davis in when things were getting out of control. And um, though I don't think you can pin it on the manager when the team doesn't make a dramatic three-run comeback in the bottom of the ninth and, you know, all this stuff has led up to it and who he picks with two outs in the bottom of the ninth to come up there and try to get it done, uh, especially given his options. Um, I, but I, all that said, I, I just wasn't in love with taking out Sam Hilliard there and going to Chris Owings in his career 190 batting average. Uh, I get the right on left stuff, but not my favorite move, Patrick. Yeah, we, we had a brief exchange about that, and uh, I, I think it makes all the sense in the world. Just because the struggles that Hilliard has, has been having in the early going, left on left, you have a guy like Drew Pomerantz, who he earned every bit of the contract he received this offseason. Sure, it's at Coors Field where you know he hasn't pitched uh, the best. Rockies fans will certainly remember that, especially when they consider the uh, the return on that Ubaldo Jimenez deal from from several years ago, a decade ago now at this point. But ultimately, I I, I think you might even be setting up Sam Hilliard for failure there, uh, in, in in many ways. And sure, there were four guys on the bench that were right-handed bats. Josh Fuentes is yet to play, so you can take him off the table. And really, you've got cold, Jim, yeah. Butera and Elias Diaz. Like those are the three guys. Diaz also cold. In Owings, and Owings actually is one for four against Pomerantz, so he did have a homer. Didn't even need a homer, just needed a, a base hit that would have scored two runs. No one would have. Would have and it was a solid at that. Base. It was, it was. And, and again, yeah, you already used your big bat off the bench. Matt Kemp already came in in a big There's spot a and altered the game. So Bud Black said, you know what, here's when I need to push the button. And he pushed it at the exact same time, at the exact right time. Only problem was, Later on, he pushed the Wade Davis button and, and didn't push the Tyler Kinley button to get him out of there in that moment. Because even if he doesn't give up that three-run home run, a tie game, it's 5-5. you got to like the Rockies' chances with the top of the order coming up uh, in the bottom of the ninth. And you say, all we got to do is get one run there. And even if you don't, you got extra innings. And then still, with the runner on second base, anything can happen at that point. But... Uh, very frustrating and nothing but comments uh, on Wade Davis and, and it's understandably frustrating with this game how much importance it had uh, home opener aside it was a game for you know first place and it was a guy trying to you know reclaim some of his glory and failing against a team that he failed against in a major way last year and derailed their 2019 right. season and I don't think it's happened again but I don't think we're going to see Wade Davis again in this series. That's a fact. I, I, I would yeah, shock. I, I, I hope they about that, and they can't get Scott over back uh, quickly enough. There were a couple of other little mistakes, Patrick, that I thought, you know, we, we had talked about this too, how this was one of those types of games that in 2017 and 2018, the Rockies figured out a way to win. And in 2019, they almost always figured out a way to lose. And this looked eerily similar to 2019, especially the way Davis and Padres stuff. There were a few other things that I thought uh, were a little bit different, particularly the way they responded. Some were the same, though. The mistakes, Trevor Story not converting the double play that ended up leading to two runs and got John Gray out of the game before he should have been. That was a bad, bad mistake. But they recovered from it and they answered for it with runs right away 
There was a similar thing with Daniel Mer Murphy making a really dumb base running error uh, that took a run off the board for the Colorado Rockies. It's the first time this year I felt like they played um, mistake-heavy baseball, but they still almost won the game anyway just from being, I think, the more talented team other than the guy they put out there, obviously, to try to, to close games. So those mistakes are not what sank them. And, and they would have in many other years. Even the way they responded in the bottom of the ninth, the fact that they got the tying run to third base and the winning run to second, they were a dirt ball away from tying that thing up. And if Owings puts that ball a little more in the gap or drops it in front of the center field or the Rockies are wa walking out of their winners somehow, and then you're really scratching your head as to what happened. But I And I hate to do this. I really do because it's a, it's a team sport. It really came down to the performance of one guy. And so I back to your I hope you're right. He can't be back out there in the ninth inning again this series. I don't think he should be back out there in any inning earlier than the seventh at Coors Field until further notice. But that maybe is an overreaction. Probably for most Rockies fans, that's a dramatic underreaction. For sure, the, you bring up the those errors, um, you know, with Murphy at third base and the error by Trevor Story, who will not play the final 59 game season. Uh, 59 which was my uh, prediction going forward there but I think you saw the Padres kind of doing the, the same thing especially in the ninth with Kirby Yates who's a guy who's been about as shut down as, as any closer in the game has been and I think in, in a way with these two teams you know atop the, the NL West standings again after only a week you kind of see that both clubs maybe aren't quite ready yet for prime time, right? That they've got their holes, they've, they've got some flaws, but obviously a lot of potential, obviously a lot of gusto. Those cucarachas are still kind of in their blood, right? They're, they don't right. die, they they multiply, and they, they bring in new people um, to take that over. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're gonna see these two, I think, battling throughout the entirety of the season, but, but the Padres aren't quite there and ready yet. Yes, they got the best of the Rockies today, and, and maybe they really just they got the best of one guy. But uh, regardless, I think you know this this these two teams when they get together, you cannot miss a single pitch, and you cannot assume even with two outs, two strikes in the ninth inning, whatever it may be, anything could happen when it's Padres, Rockies, and we got two more games here at Coors Field this weekend. And again, anything can and will happen. Yeah, so stock up on Breck Brew for the weekend. It's gonna be quite the series. You're gonna need your, your medicine for you there. You, you can get it from Davidson's, either the curbside pickup or delivery. You know they got you hooked up with all the good liquor, wine, spirits, all that stuff. And of course your favorite Breck Bruce, you know I like to swing out to the house whenever I'm able to. A little late right now. I think I'll head down there tomorrow on the Saturday. I'll call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. And I will use that code DNVR because I'll get five bucks off both my food and my drink. Been loving the Mile High City Copper Lager. After a, a loss like this, though, you may need something a little heavier. You may be going to that Hot Peak IPA. Uh, you may need a dessert comfort beer. It may be more of a vanilla porter situation for you right now. That's I'd probably you know be into a couple of vanilla porters back in the day if I was not still 
of it work one man when these two teams are going up against each other tough to pin down exactly what's going to happen i know a lot of guys on the DraftKings sportsbook um app were, were taking the under on that 11 and a half today i tried to warn some people off of it i just didn't have a good feeling in my gut i didn't think it was going to come down to there being two outs left in the bottom of the ninth so not only did that uh, second home run from davis clinch the the win for the padres ultimately but it, and screw up people who took the rockies just the the rockies to win the game on their DraftKings sportsbook app but also the people that took the under so so if you thought it was just brutal that he lost the game if you took the the good bets there uh, a tough one but still more often than not when you put in your bets on the DraftKings sportsbook app you're going to make it a lot more fun for yourself in these games try to do a win-lose bets that's what I do instead of these lose-win bets where if you or lose-lose bets right where you really need the thing to happen and that it doesn't not only are you mad that your team lost you're out some some change go the other way a little bit uh you know take take the over on those but if you download that top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time all new users or all users will get a special odds boost of a bet of $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. That's code DNVR to boost your odds to 20 to win 100 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Zero. Let's talk about some of the good things, Patrick. Will there will be more time to bemoan this? We hope moving forward, this is a hey. Remember when Wade Davis was their closer in that one time? Bud Black did all those really head scratching things late in the game, and but it didn't really end up mattering because it just turns out this team is good. Well, John Gray coulda, shoulda, woulda gone seven a night instead. Gives you five and two thirds solid. Uh, you got good stuff again out of Bard and Diaz. Uh, and again, Gray, without the top stuff, I thought, is Velo maxing out at 95? You know, the slider wasn't as wicked as it could have been. Uh, he wasn't getting the big swings and misses. Only two strikeouts, both of them, enough, three-pitch strikeouts to Fernando Tatis Jr., who ended up tying up the game there. Uh, but... Without his best stuff, without the swing and miss stuff, he was getting guys to hit the ball on the ground. The only one who really got him was a dude I had to look up after he hit that triple to, to break up the, the no-hitter. The pride of St. Clair, Michigan. Jake Cronenberg, that's, that's the Jake, man. That's, that's the guy. But yeah, I thought, I thought John again looked uh, promising, but still with more to add and more room for him to continue to settle into a rhythm and, and be good this year. For sure. I mean, he, I, I, the one stat I don't like is he, he did give up 10 hard hit balls. So that obviously yeah. was, was something there. But again, you know, when, when you're getting the first eight guys out and you're making it look relatively easy, you'd like more swing and miss, of course. Um, but but did, a, did a quality job, you know, getting through that lineup. I, I think I was identical to what happened uh, with the Rangers series, where it was uh, the number nine hitter who finally broke through with a triple. Is that right? And do I have that right? That the nine hitter came through with a triple because David Dahl missed that? So a triple <laughs> broke up uh, with two outs in the third inning on, on last Saturday, and then Friday, the home opener, the same exact thing. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of strange. But 
you know, yeah, John Gray definitely has has something to build up. And again, it's one of those things where Trevor Story makes that play. So he gives up three runs, only two were earned because of the Story error there. But he he's able to go, you know, seven innings there. Again, much like what we had talked about with Saturday's start against the Rangers, is there was that capability where the pitch count uh, was down a little bit and things were really lining up for him to, you know, have a dominant stat line as far as innings pitched and earned runs against. And unfortunately, that, that wasn't the way. But, but you like what he was able to do uh, throughout much of the start. Yeah, I do want to point out that I believe, I'll double-check this, but I believe nine of those ten hard-hit balls you were talking about were on the ground. So if you're going to give up a hard-hit ball, sure if everyone can still hear me or not. But uh, the other thing that I wanted to point out uh, with Gray there was I didn't like that. I, I get the scoring of it, but in, in my mind, I'm only charging him for one run. It, it, the other one has to be earned, and I get it. But if Trevor Story converts, because you can't, quote, assume the double play, which has always been an interesting sure. rule for me in, in baseball. It's like, I can assume that if he fields that, he's going to convert a double play. But I understand that how the rule is enforced. My problem isn't with the rule. I'm analyzing a baseball player at this point and recognizing that the only run that John Gray gave up that you can charge entirely to him was uh, a little, it was a one out, he has the one out little pokey single to right, nice piece of hitting from Manny Machado, a little off speed pitch, low for playing a little bit too deep, got to argue with Mark Knudsen about that sometime soon. Uh, Story fields that ball cleanly, and, and he really should have, it wasn't a short hop, that was really strange to yeah, I'm, I'm see not him whip sure. on that one. Uh, the double play is converted, and those next two runs don't come in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm charging John Gray for one run in this game. I thought he looked pretty to very good. Yeah, no, that that's fair. That that makes all the sense in the world. Um, you know, there there was some discussion as to whether you know Story was thinking about trying to touch second base and kind of take it all on his own, but he was pretty far away from the bag. So, just just kind I'm of a, with the old an odd play there. Uh, that happened, and, and that that really just kind of, you know, it, it derailed things, you know, momentarily at that point. And then you have the wild pitch by John Gray that lets a run score, and then you see Tony Walters go back, and you only see it very, very slightly on the replay. Uh, he went to take after he threw the ball home to John, kind of took one step back, and there was there was no more room for him to go. So his uh, the front of his foot kind of compressed, um, and and all his weight came down on on his toe rather than back on his heel there. Uh, but he was, you know, true to, to Tony's uh, credit, you know. Uh, it's true to form that he, he just was able to, to tough it out, uh, play the, the remainder of the game, and, and, you know, didn't have any ill effects. It's just kind of what happens. It's, it's why they call catcher's equipment, you know, tools of ignorance, because it's like if, if anyone were to really think about right. the position they right. would play on the field, you would not want to play catcher, unless you were a masochist, which... I, I think all catchers are probably in, in some way, but you wouldn't ha we all have enough intelligence to go, yeah, no, I, I don't want my child to be the catcher. Look at all these other people. They're fine. Look, they're spaced out. They don't have to worry about an errant bat that gets, you know, released from someone's hand and whacks you on the ear and you're bleeding. Like these are all things that happen when you're behind the plate. So, um, you know, again, credit to, to Tony for, for sticking that out. And that could have been a lot worse and it would have been if the Rockies hadn't come back and Story hadn't chipped in with an RBI there and, and, and score a couple runs. But uh, it's really all about that, that ninth inning. 
once again, we're talking about the ninth. Yeah, there, there's no way around it. The only other good signs that I wanted to point out before we get out of here, and actually before pointing out the good signs, I got to remind everybody about WGT Golf, the most famous and beloved free golf game in the world, loved by over 20 million players around the world. You can play full stroke play or closest to the hole on world famous courses, including Pebble Beach, Beth Page, Black, and more. You download it totally for free at DNVR golf.com I had to give a quick wave to our friend the cowboy Tracy Ringlesby as he leaves the ballpark here this evening he came down. He was, that's great he, yeah yeah he, he's been around he was uh, chatting with me a little bit today about these uh, Padres and, and Rockies and our agreed uh, bafflement at the strange consensus about the two teams and then something like this happens and you just have to Shake your head. And of course, Tommy Pham, the guy I said wasn't going to be the, the big difference maker in the NL West coming through with a big three-run jack there at the end. So I've got to eat some crow on that one, at least here early in the season. Now, on a couple of fronts here, the Rockies taking the loss to the Padres and, and the, the Tommy Pham stuff in particular. But as you were alluding to there, we saw good stuff out of the offense. Another multi-hit game for Trevor Story. Got the big opposite field home run late in the game that you thought maybe would be uh, the game winner, scoring a couple more runs, by the way. Nice for that bet. Keep keep on a lookout for that. He's I think he's tied for second right now with seven of them, uh, depending on who else did what today. I haven't checked in on all of that. Matt Kemp made his Coors Field Colorado Rockies uniform debut and saw one pitch and drove in two runs. <laughs> He was, he, was already to, he was already to have his cardboard cut out, made, yeah. and ready to go, saying, you know what, I, I want Rockies fans to remember me, and, and they certainly did uh, with that, and right down the line and double, and he's obviously has something left in his swing. It's, it's the parallels between him and Matt Holliday are, are really kind of endless in so many ways, and he's going to be a major factor on this team. You're going to look at the stats at the end of the season, and it's, it's not going to be up there in, in the top five in, in just about any category unless we're talking about rate stats and slugging percentage and things of that nature. But ultimately, sure. he's just going to have some seriously timely hits. And in a different game, that plays out differently. It's not Chris Owings that Buddy goes to. It's Matt Kemp. You know, if, 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 if it's all working and Story never makes that error and you don't need to come from behind, Kemp is still on your bench. That's and right. And now you can go ahead. So, again, it's, it's just... It's the dominoes start falling, and you got to try to corral that somehow. And, and the real goal is, is to not have that first one topple over because then it's going to throw everything out of whack a little bit. And we, we kind of saw what that looked like today. Another bet, yeah, that's, too. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another bet that we had uh, talked about is the fact that Charlie Blackman, in the last three seasons, has the most hits of any major leaguer. He's now hitting 308. Three hits today. So if you put money down on that for most hits in all of baseball, again, you might be good. And with everything that we've talked about as far as the Rockies taking the health and safety protocols so very seriously, well, any team that plays all 60 games is going to have that much more of an advantage for one of their players to win out in a counting stat like runs scored or base hits or home runs and things of that nature. So your Colorado Rockies is... They're going to try to be out there for all 60 games this season, which means any of that money that you put on Story for Charlie Blackman, it's it's coming to fruition. It's more likely to happen because 
uh, of how well the Rockies are, are working within you know, the health and safety protocols and taking this seriously so they can stay on the field, so that they can play and win you guys a championship. Yeah, and, and so, you know, I, I think, again, not to belabor the point, if we were sitting here breaking down all these things that had gone wrong for the Rockies, it, it, it would maybe not feel as frustrating as a game you feel like you should have won that you didn't if it was just a complete loss here. But you really are looking at a team that is 95% playing well and, and doing things right. And you can't do all the little things right all the time. Mistakes are going to be made. Errors are going to be made. So recovering from them then also becomes a big deal. And we talked about that in this one. Um, it's just going to be, can they not have these implosions these momentary innings whether it's one player one guy one inning one decision one mistake that ruins a game that you should otherwise win the Rockies played the better baseball game today that's they just they played the better baseball game and lost you can only suffer yeah implosion is the word implode where then that that's what happened with with Wade Davis. He imploded because you can you can make an error, you can make a mistake. Story did it, but then the team picked him up. Even when Davis imploded, the Rockies still came back. They had you know the winning run at the plate. Murphy draws a walk. Now you you got the winning run at first base, and it it, it, it could have happened, but you you just can't have a handful of errors, and you just can't have one guy completely imploding, and. Yeah. That it's going to happen. That will happen with other guys. It won't even just be Wade Davis. But you just have to make sure to minimize that damage. Whatever it is, if a guy doesn't have it, you can't let him let him stay in the game very long. And that that goes for starting pitchers too. And it, it might be, you know what? This guy's got a. We got after one inning, he's done because you almost have to treat every game like a playoff game and say, all right, Chichi, Ashton Godot, we're going to lean on you for three innings each, so that our offense can maybe chip away at that, but you can't let one guy totally blow it up. And, and, and that's the secret to success, I think, for all 30 major league teams. Yeah, I think so, and I don't think there's a 0% chance that by the end of a week or two weeks from now or, or before he would have gotten any chance to get anywhere close to those 11 games, he's not on the roster anymore. We see one or two more of these. We saw it with Sean McGee. The Rockies will cut ties, so uh, it's going to be very, very. He's he's walking on incredibly thin ice after a performance like that. Hey, thanks for everyone to everyone for joining us. Thanks, Kenny, the bartender, for being a first time watcher. Hopefully, you'll join us again in the future. Anybody else out there that is, uh, join us. We'll be going live after all the games. We'll have to figure out the exact best. Uh, methodology for doing that in the future. Usually I'll be able to get down to the DNVR bar, just doing it from right outside Coors Field tonight. But uh, we'll be here after all the games. And uh, Kenny, that's funny that you say this is your first time because uh, these have been known as therapy sessions. I, I've been, I've because if I'm famous for anything, it's for giving therapy sessions to Rockies fans after losses like it this. It definitely uh, won't be the last time. So uh, you've got our number. That's right. It's right after that's every right. game. We'll, we'll be, be here for we'll you. We're here. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel so you catch when we go live. Uh, always right after the game. Oftentimes in the mid-afternoon 
just to talk baseball. Check us on Facebook or Twitter. Make sure you subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out any of our written content. And you can also get cool discounts on all of our awesome merch like this hat, that shirt that Patrick's got on. We got masks. I got mine around here somewhere. Boom. You want to be all set up with your DNVR merch. And we have got all kinds of fantastic Rockies shirts, including my favorite, which is, well, my old favorite, which was the Don't Dash on the Stash Tony Walters one. But the new favorite is, of course, that Larry Walker Hall of Fame shirt for members only. Right now, you got to be a member of the DNVR.com to be able to get your hands on that incredibly exclusive shirt. There it is if you're watching live. You can see Larry Walker with his batting helmet on backwards for the All-Star Game getting ready to show everyone just exactly what it is he's made of. So, <laughs> thank you all for listening into this one. Sorry about the results, but we'll be back here again talking more baseball. We got a couple of lefties, Kyle Freeland and Joey Lucchese, going against each other. Got more Rockies baseball every day. We will be here with you. Follow on the social media at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Just continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here, or out here still. (laughs) And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.